This episode may include topics, references, or discussions around sexual assault, domestic violence, stalking, physical violence, or subject matters that may be disturbing to some of our listeners. We do acknowledge that this content may be difficult. We also encourage you to care for your safety and well-being. Hi, I'm Kathy Reneses, and you are listening to the Coaching Happiness Podcast, powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Welcome to episode 33 of the Coaching Happiness Podcast. My name is Kathy Reneses, and I'm a life coach, speaker, and founder of Coaching Happiness, a coaching service focused on hard work whose mission is to create a better world, one person at a time. This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia, Podmetrics, Centro Holistico, Sunrider Philippines, and Kangen Water PH. Revolutionize your health with water. Kamusta, everyone? How are you doing? What blessings have you been manifesting? I've been doing pretty well, I think. I've finally been venturing out more and meeting with friends. <laughs> it's taken me a year and a half, plus a little bit more, plus getting vaccinated, plus waiting for other people to get vaccinated to finally feel comfortable leaving the house. And just reflecting on it now, it sounds like a whole other level of crazy that I've just come to normalize. But, you know, we do what we need to do when we want to keep ourselves as well as the people we love safe. And I know a lot of friends who politely ask people who visit them if they would be okay taking their rapid antigen test before they come inside their homes or before they head out to meet up for drinks. And while it may seem like napaka-oe nila and it's a little bit of an inconvenience, I think this pandemic has really beefed up our physical boundaries because we are all very aware of what's at stake. But what's taking a longer time for us to realize is that we haven't done too much to address our personal boundaries. And what's at stake is just as important. It's our freedom, our well-being, our flourishing, and our mental health. Learning to beef up our boundaries in other areas of our lives needs to start with a level of awareness because people crossing them has just become so normalized that we don't even realize it's going on until we feel resentful because we don't know what's going on, but we know what's happening isn't right. And usually... These boundary violations start in the home. Marami sa atin, hindi lang ang immediate family yung kasama sa bahay. 
madalas kasama sina lolo't lola, mga pinsan at pamangkin, or sometimes it's a whole family unit, parents and their grown children, as well as their children's families. So, mga, I guess around like what, like three generations under one roof? Which is why marami sa atin sobrang maingat ngayon. Kasi madalas may mga kasama silang matatanda o bata sa bahay na hindi pa nababakunahan. When while, you know, it's fantastic that you get to spend time with all these family members, um, living with a tight-knit family could also mean that you also aren't aware of the boundaries that are being crossed. Or you do, but you excuse the bad behavior because, you know, family mo sila. I just want to share uh, a story. I'll share two stories about this because growing up, I had my boundaries violated a lot. A lot. And I didn't even know what the concept of boundaries were. I just knew that something just wasn't right. It didn't feel good. And I would just end up just really frustrated with the people around me because I knew that it wasn't right, but I couldn't see why they couldn't see how it was wrong. So one of my earliest memories about my boundaries being violated was, I think I was around six or seven at the time. So I was, I was a kid. And I had this big piggy bank that I was so proud of. Whenever anybody would give me, would gift me with cash, or, you know, if I would get like barya, it would go into my piggy bank and I would forget about it. Being a child, I didn't really have the concept of the, the value of money. I just really liked the idea that my piggy bank was so heavy. So it was because it was heavy, it meant na marami siyang laman. <laughs> my family and I were living in the UAE at the time, and we would spend our holidays here in the Philippines, which is what we did. And there was this one holiday when I came back, I discovered that my beloved piggy bank was empty. It was only when I was crying my eyes out that my mom explained to me that our kasambahay at the time needed money to pay for something like the electric bill or something like that. And she didn't have any money and had to use mine. I was a child and already they had crossed a boundary with my money. Do you know what the most traumatic part of the story is? In addition to never even asking for my permission, they also never gave it back. And I think that was the last time, first and last time, that I ever really kept a piggy bank. I have another example. But this one involves abuse. So if you're not comfortable listening to this, feel free to skip ahead. So as I grew older, my mom started becoming even more abusive and financially controlling. 
And by the time I was 12 and back here in the Philippines permanently, I didn't have much of a relationship with her anymore. And her level of being abusive was just escalating. The only time that she would open her mouth to talk to me was when she would criticize me or have something mean to say. And between the move back or the move to a country where I wasn't really that familiar with, the culture shock, and having to live with my cousins while our house was being built, I felt suffocated and I didn't feel in control of anything in my life. So I took to journaling. I would write down my feelings of anger and confusion and frustration and whatever else was going on in my head. It was a healthy way to process what was happening to me. Until, of course, my mother decided to read what was in the notebook that I always kept with me. And, of course, there were things written about her there. Because there was just so much abuse and trauma to process. I got one of the worst beatings of my life then. She kicked, punched, and slapped me from my cousin's room all the way to the top of the stairs. And I fell down the flight of steps. And it was apparently my fault that it happened because of what I wrote in my journal. And apparently, according to her, the flight of steps wasn't that deep anyways, so I should be fine. Because there were no boundaries within my family, I grew up not feeling safe in my own home and felt the need to lie about the simplest things because I wasn't sure of the reaction that I was going to get. I would catch her rummaging through my bags a few more times in my life and even caught her rifling through my dad's wallet when he was asleep, trying to assess whether or not he was lying about his finances. Hmm. The irony was, even though she had zero disregard for any of the boundaries of the rest of the family, hers was ironclad. She kept everything she had, including snacks like chocolate and biscuits, you know, the, the good stuff, in her walk-in closet in her bathroom. And it was always locked. If we wanted anything from that room, we would have to ask her permission. So while she got to feel safe and protected and have her privacy, everyone else in the house was fair game as far as she was concerned. Whew. So that's what having no boundaries looks like with families. My example may be a bit extreme, but you get where I'm going with this. In relationships, Having no boundaries is also something that we've come to normalize and expect. Madalas, ito yung mga relasyon na nakakasakal. Yung mga exage sa pagiging seloso o selosa. 
This also comes in the form of your significant other wanting you to quote unquote report to them as you go through your day. You know, telling them what you're doing, who you're meeting with, who else is there, asking that you sent pictures as proof, etc. In my case, with my first boyfriend, it was controlling a lot of what I would choose to wear. To be fair, we were practically kids at 16 and 19, and he didn't like people looking at me. So whenever we'd go out, he'd have me put on a jacket or he'd completely refuse to leave the house if he didn't like what I was wearing. A lot of the times it was the sleeveless blouses and skirts that he deemed to be a bit too short for his liking. I mean, like we live in a tropical country. It's so humid. I don't understand why most people aren't in shorts and skirts half the time. (laughs) At first, I thought it was cute. I was 16 after all, and for someone that I liked paying paying me that much attention, I thought that's just kind of what couples did, you know? I eventually outgrew the romantic notions of control as I got older, as well as outgrowing him. <laughs> no, I'm lying. Um, I still allowed my other relationships to cross my boundaries after him, not realize what was going on until it was all over and I felt angry, depleted, and taken advantage of. So, you see, even as someone who is constantly working on themselves, there really are bits and pieces where I still have no awareness over what's happening until it's too late. I take a guess and say that having no boundaries at work is probably the easiest one that we can catch because we're not as fully into it as our family and romantic relationships, maybe. So having no boundaries at work could look like you constantly saying yes to everything that your manager and coworkers say out of fear that they may look down on you or not think you're as hard a worker as they are. It could also look like taking your work home with you instead of focusing on quality time with the family or carving out personal time for yourself. So essentially, Boundaries are a way of protecting our time, space, and energy. Usually, it's a limit that we set between ourselves and others that help us honor our values and priorities. And letting people know when they crossed it simply by expressing it. It's also a way of cutting out some of the noise. When we make intentional decisions about things like our time, money, environment, and relationships, we're not being difficult, selfish, or unkind. Instead, we're simply drawing a line in the sand, deciding what matters to us, and taking steps to align our lives accordingly. I think it's also important to mention that boundaries are different for everyone. So, What my boundaries look like, as you notice, I share a lot on these podcasts. 
may be very different for somebody who wants to keep their stories of trauma, abuse, etc. to themselves. I opt to share it simply because I know that somebody out there listening to this might be able to relate to what's happened to me and know that they are 100% in control. It really is a choice that they just need to be courageous enough to make. So before I go on, I like to talk to you a little bit about Podmetrics. This is how I collaborate with brands and it's the easiest way to monetize the Coaching Happiness podcast. So if you're a podcaster, they can do the same for you too, regardless of your podcast size. And if you're an advertiser who wants to work with me on an episode topic, you can head on over to advertiser.podmetrics.co and just fill out the form. So going back to beefing up our boundaries, why do a lot of us lack boundaries? So I've kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but for a lot of us, it's learned behavior. And para sa ating mga Pilipino, it's part of our culture growing up. For others, like myself, it can also stem from childhood trauma. So in order to overcome the lack, allow me to provide just some insights on... There are a lot of types of boundaries, but let me share some insights on three that um, I want you guys to look out for, as well as why it matters. So I think number one is our mental and emotional boundaries. These boundaries can kind of be harder to explain because we can't always see when a line is being crossed, but we know how it feels. If you feel emotionally triggered by a certain topic, Usually, you know, religion is one with election season coming up. Of course, it's politics. We need to draw a boundary. Um, another one also, which usually happens during Christmas, is that tita who just cannot stop talking about how we've changed and what we look like. So a good example of setting that mental and emotional boundary is telling said tita that, hey, you know what? I'm not comfortable talking about my weight. Of course, sometimes tough feelings are healthy and inevitable. But as with all things, of course, we have limits. You should be saving your emotional energy and mental strength for things that matter and not unnecessary drama. You need to protect yourself from other people's feelings too. Without them, you expose yourself to be greatly affected by other people's words, thoughts, actions, reactions, and moods. We all know that one negastar in our life who just loves to dump all their emotional baggage at our doorstep. Or that asshole who keeps going to you for advice only to turn around and do the exact opposite. If you have more than one negastar in your life, 
Number one, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Number two, this is the sign that you need to beef up your boundaries. If you're not sure what mental boundaries you need, start paying close attention to your emotions. If something is mentally draining, ask yourself, is this a good use of your time and emotional energy? If not, what can you do to prevent this in the future? The second boundary is around time. So time boundaries are limited to how you spend your time. And honestly, I find this one of the toughest to enforce. And there are a couple of reasons for this. At the very top of that list is people pleasing. We are just afraid of letting other people down. So we still say yes, even when we are stretched to our limits. There's also what we call the planning fallacy. It's a cognitive bias that leads us to underestimating how long it will take to do things. And lastly, there is this culture of busyness. Living in a world where we confuse productivity with self-worth. But here's the thing. The second you start setting boundaries for your time, you will stop feeling used by other people. Setting a boundary when it comes to time can sound like, you know what, I'm really sorry, I can't help you today, but I may have time tomorrow. This protects you from overextending yourself. You can't stop people from demanding your time but you can stop yourself from giving in to them if you don't want to. And lastly, there is physical boundaries. Physical boundaries are limits that relate to space and our environment. Sometimes they are quite personal. For example, you may need to tell someone that you prefer to do a little wave instead of coming in for a beso whenever they say hello. This should be a non-negotiable, honestly, and is very critical for family members, housemates, and significant others. People who we, you know, really allow into our personal space. So setting a boundary here could sound like, you know what, if you want to borrow my things, you need to ask me first. So this boundary really helps you to protect yourself, your property, and your belongings. So this is something that you need to set when someone maybe just borrows or takes your things without asking or when you feel that your personal space has been um, just invaded way too much. Is this all making sense? Which type of boundary do you think you need to do the most work on? Wait, more importantly, how do you know if you lack boundaries? Hmm. Again, Going back to the notion that we have normalized our lack of boundaries growing up, 
it can be hard to know whether or not our boundaries have been crossed until it's too late. Now, believe me, as I gave myself as a personal example when it came to my relationships, I kept falling into the same cycle simply because I lacked boundaries and I had just zero awareness until it was all over and I had done my crying to excess and over-exercising in the gym to really be able to take a step back and realize that, you know, girl, like he just wasn't good for you. So here, let me help you out. I've made a list of 10 signs that you can look out for and try and see which ones you can relate to. Number one is your relationships tend to be difficult or dramatic. So the less you set your healthy boundaries, the more you give others a signal that you don't know how to take care of yourself. This really leaves you open to attracting either people who want to control you or people who would want to maybe take advantage of you. This means that you are in constantly codependent relationships and friendships that lack an equal exchange of give and take. Another one is you find decision-making to be a real challenge. You can maybe end up spending a lot of your life doing what others want that you kind of almost lose your sense of self. Hindi mo nakilala kung sino ka kung hindi sila kasama. This means you often don't know what you do or don't want, which is why you are probably very indecisive or you just, you can't make up your mind. You can't make a decision. You draw a blank. Number three is you you harbor feelings of guilt whenever you have to let people down. Like, apektado ka talaga. People without personal limits tend to go along with other people's plans. This is your general people pleaser. They worry so much about letting other people down that they just say yes. Even if they're just really not happy with what's going on. Sign number four is you're tired a lot for no apparent reason. And this is more because of the mental and emotional fatigue that is kind of that you're going through. So you always, you're always doing what others want, which means that you are left to cram your own life in whatever time is left over, which can be exhausting. But never identifying and pursuing your own dreams in life can also cause a sense of fatigue as it can also cause a mild depression. All right. Sign number five is you get social anxiety and your radar is off when it comes to sharing. So it's either you tend to overshare private details of your life with people you just met which leaves you open to getting hurt or being manipulated. 
But then when someone wants to be close to you, you panic. You don't know how to share your needs and wants and might also suffer some intimacy issues. Hmm. I was actually very guilty of number five, I'll be honest. <laughs> okay, sign number six. You are constantly the victim of situations. This means that you tend to feel hard done by, you know, because others will take advantage of you in both obvious and subtle ways. Perhaps you feel overlooked or constantly blamed at work, in your family, and in your social circles. You might even be the sort of person that feels that things always goes wrong for them, or, you know, they are not in control of their life. Life is simply leading them around. Okay, got that? Sign number seven, you secretly feel that other people don't respect you. And this is because if you don't set boundaries, people won't know how to act around you and you will be left feeling disrespected. You'll also be probably a little miffed most of the time because at a certain level, you feel constantly taken advantage of. Sign number eight is you just might be passive aggressive. I think this is this is the most most common sa mga Pinoy, right? First, you let others take the advantage. Then, you try to manipulate back the energy and sense of power that you lost by nagging the other person or complaining or even punishing them a little bit. In other words, just a bad case of passive aggression. Sign number nine, you don't know who you are. It's likely that you are unclear on your purpose in life, or perhaps you struggle to set goals. You might even be in the middle of an identity crisis because without other people telling me what boundaries I'm supposed to set and how far, you know, or how close the boundary is supposed to be, I have no idea what me is supposed to look like. And lastly, your secret fear is of being rejected or abandoned. Lacking healthy boundaries really goes back to childhood. It often means you maybe didn't have a caregiver who provided unconditional love and acceptance. So you had to do what others wanted to avoid being rejected or abandoned. And now, as an adult, those are the two things you fear most. And for me, number 10 is what hits home the hardest. So how many from the list made you think of yourself? If you find yourself cringing, that's probably a good thing. Now you know how you tend to react 
when someone is crossing your boundaries. It's a good place to start. And while all our boundaries are different, it's always good to know what triggers you. So the next time it happens, you can be proactive with your response and not just react. So how do you want to beef up your boundaries? My favorite tool to use whenever I feel that a boundary is being crossed or is about to be crossed is I take a pause. I literally say, hold on a minute. I just want to check in with myself and I assess my gut feel. You know, do I feel nervous about this? Is there any weight that I feel anywhere in my body that doesn't, you know, sit right? And then I answer with either, yes, that seems to align with me, I'll do it, or no, thank you, I don't think that works for me. If you're working on strengthening, let's say, maybe your mental boundaries, it could be delegating things that trigger you at work, or adding filters to your email's inbox, or applying a no phone zone after 8 p.m., One mental boundary that a lot of my friends know is um, I have a thing about gory war films. I just, I, I do not, I do not like it. Like I have not seen Band of Brothers simply because war films, anything about World War II, just, it doesn't sit right and I don't like watching them. So I ask the people around me, you know, if it's movie night and they want to watch something and a movie like that comes up if we could maybe watch something else instead. As with all things, the easiest way to get started is to know the intention of why you're setting a boundary and start small. Identify one area of your life where you need stronger boundaries and start there, taking a tiny step in the right direction, calling yourself or other people out when they've crossed that line. You can say something like, alam ko dati okay lang to sa akin, pero ngayon alam ko na hindi pala siya true choice. This is something that I always say to people who like to try and push my boundaries. It's important to be consistent and to reevaluate your boundaries often. Sometimes our needs and priorities change And your boundaries should adjust accordingly. We teach people how we want to be treated. Once you understand and set these boundaries, you'll start getting treated the way you want to be. There's a quote from Brene Brown that goes, Daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others. And that hits different, especially in times like these. We've become so good with setting physical boundaries. It's a big step in the right direction. Now we already have that momentum going. So let's start beefing up our other boundaries too, so we can take better care of ourselves our well-being, our mental health, and start showing up as our authentic selves. So that's it for this episode. 
If you'd like to keep up with me, check my upcoming workshops or just want to keep in touch, you can like and follow me on Facebook and Instagram at coachinghappiness.ph or book a telecoaching session at www.coachinghappiness.ph. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you on the next one. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.